Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. And what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geeks for all podcast where we discuss deep culture from the perspective of people of color and as always it's your boy dj ben i mean aka lightwork yagami aka quantum leech aka a baby max aka uncle ben's nice aka chris radnerot big dick grayson energy black black goliath lando californication ghost in the shell so doctor whose man is this keep that same energon when you see me Benny and the Jetsons, a Wakanda werewolf in London. I'm going to leave it right there because I'm always joined by my co-host. Traumatized. Hey. Dick, Dick Energy Grayson. Big Dick Grayson Energy. Dick Let's Dick get Dick it right. <laughs> okay. It's even worse. Like, I heard it's it It's worse last when week. you hear it. Yeah. It, I heard it, you know, <laughs> through my phone last week. But to hear it straight from you, it's just like on another level. Hey, hey. Okay, it's all facts here, folks. All facts on Fanbro Show. <laughs> oh, so juvenile. <laughs> we have no cooth here, but you have me, Tatiana King Jones, aka the Grand Duchess of Tech, aka Stone Cold C. Flawson, Gem and the Hall of Fame, Victoria's Secret Wars, Emma Frosted Flakes, Princess Preach, Dame Diner Dash, E Honda Civic, <laughs> Edward Scissor Hands, Flex Luthor, Toffee Baratheon, and T'Challa Bread. <laughs> <laughs> Way to finish on point, as you see and hear, Jeff J says is not here tonight. He is traveling, doing big things throughout the solar system and the galaxy, Mm -hmm. several different universes, multiverse, whatever you want. We all over the place right now. You know, the Fan Bro Show is growing every day. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed to our new YouTube channel, which has been popping off, hitting us up on the Instagram, popping at Fan Bro Show all these different places. We've actually got like 54 new subscribers in the last like day. So wow, thank you guys. I guess YouTube our name going is down. Around. I see yes. that. I see that. Y'all looking at these beautiful faces. Look at Tatiana <laughs> got that braids up nice over there. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying. I'm you know the official classic Fanbro shirt on right there. It's all yes, good. Yes, and these are excuse you, sir. These are Senegalese twists. Oh, okay, braids, okay, okay. Twists. You know, school me. The you same. know, put me on. You yeah, know, yeah. Let me know. Well, I got these twists because I was at Essence Fest oh, this past I mean, weekend. Floss. Talk about it. I have to floss, man, because I've repped Fan Bros show heavy. Uh, Disney actually asked me to come in and host their Ant-Man and the Wasp screening. Uh, it was a lot of people there. So we had it at the convention center, which is where, like, all the activities for Essence Fest is held. So, like, their empowerment stage, beauty and health stage. And then, like, there's the entertainment section. And then Disney has this huge booth. Um, mind you, Ruth, <coughs> Ruth E. Carter was there. Wow. And I got to meet her, and I almost wow. like, fell apart. But, yeah, so she was there. Uh, her costumes from Black Panther was there. The costumes from Ant-Man and the Wasp were there. And like I said, I hosted the actual screening itself. So um, everybody had a great time. Had a good time with the audience. I had a dope audience. That's another thing. So if you guys were there or saw a little bit of it, whatever the case may be, thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for everything. And I appreciate it. I know just fan bros at large appreciate your support. 
So when you walked out on stage, did they just start cheering and screaming <laughs> immediately? Well, no, I have to prompt people like, it's me, bitches. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just like, what up, Essence Fest? And of course, as usual, everyone's, yay. I'm like, look, yeah. I know you don't know me, but guess what? It's about to be a party. And everybody's like, yeah. Nice, so, you know, you know, nice, you know, you know. nice, so, nice. Um, no, but no, I, I, the, crowd, the crowd got hyped. We got real excited. And when they saw the end credit, my God, that room, all the air got Ooh. sucked out that room. Ow. Yeah, Literally about that. Literally a collective, <gasps> like if you can imagine 200 people going <gasps> together, that's what it sounded like. Yeah, and without bad. spoiling it, that one's still, because I know, and I've seen people talking about it, like, oh, you knew something. No, no, no. No, no. no. no, no. It hurts. Because when you're in that theater, it's, you know, you're having such a good time, Ant-Man of the Walls, you know, all happy. It's like, yeah, everything's good. And then. I'm not going to spoil it because, like, like you said, I know there's still people who haven't seen it yet. Like, well, it just technically just came out. It's just that. It's just certain things you don't need to see. How about that? Yeah. It's yeah. just certain things yeah. you don't need to see. So <laughs> yeah. traumatized. But anyway, thank you again for everybody who came out to Essence Fest. Had a great time. Really appreciate everybody giving the love and support. And uh, you're going to see more in the future, more of that in the future. Yeah, big shout-outs to Disney right there. That yeah. is big love. Disney, you know, seeing the brand is strong right here. Fan bro show for all nerds. Thank you to Disney. Shout-out to my homie Marshall over there. I see you play boy. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't say my name ever again, sir. Yeah, and, and don't ever call me Playboy ever again. <laughs> Wow. Oh, man. You know, it's some news that, you know, it's this one of those things. It's like it's sad, but at the same time, you have to appreciate what a man's life he lived. And we have to send a rest and power shout out to Steve Ditko. Mm. I mean, if you don't know who he is, this is one of those cases where you need to Google because he's one. He's just a legend. I mean, it, it's there's not enough. We could sit here for the next 10 hours and talk about what this man contributed to comics. Start naming He's, some con contributions. I got one. Start yeah, naming some. I mean, the co-creator, perhaps the most influential part of in the creation of Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange as well. I mean, Doctor Strange, he just straight up created himself. So okay. that's him. Yeah, Doctor Strange. All the visuals you see from Doctor Strange are pretty much a result of Steve Ditko. One of my favorite characters, the question, you know, who inspired War Sharks from Watchmen. So you don't have, you, do, you pretty much don't have a lot of the Watchmen without Steve Ditko because he also created Blue Beetle, who inspired uh, the Owl. And the rest of the Watchmen are all inspired by some of his other creations, pretty much. So it goes on and on and on and on how much this man contributed to comics. You know, he passed away at the age of 90. So mm. he definitely lived a very long life and, you know, did his thing his way all the way through his life. Wow. I think he even contributed up to a recent Spider-Man issue pretty recently. He did some artwork for it. So. Oh, damn. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. The stuff as recently as it says 2016. Yeah. But I damn. think he had like an old picture or something they used in a Spider-Man recently in like Whoa. this year. I yeah. mean, between him and Stan Lee, they got that like live forever juice. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not like they came up in the new age time. I mean, yeah, now they got the access to the tech and whatnot, but like they came up in the olden times, like for no. real, for real. In very hard times at that too, you know, especially both of them came from very hard lives. 
Uh, I'm not sure how old Ditko was when, you know, everything popped off, but Stan Lee was already in his middle age by the time yeah. Marvel popped Stan off. Yeah, Stan already went through, like, like the um, bankruptcy and all that. Like, he went through all the hard times mm-hmm. before, like you said, before he popped off. So that's actually also a lesson to a lot of people. Like, some people may be like, well, I don't want that. But, like, you may feel like your time will never come, but sometimes your time is just a different time. Everybody mm. got their own time schedule and your time to shine, your time to grow, your time to win may not be on the same path like everybody else. Some people pop off real early. Some people pop off a little later. Some people pop off in the middle. But my thing is, as long as you're continuing to move forward and you're continuing to grow and do new things and learn and teach yourself to be better and surround yourself with better people, I think that you are going to get to where you need to be. Mm, man, that's a word right there. And that's something I think about a lot, especially with me and like my recent move in the last year, which is coming up on a year now that I've been out here on the West Side in Hollywood. And even that now, having been out here almost a year and learning to survive in Hollywood and deal with everything. And I tweeted something about this the other day that once you achieve your dreams, that's just the beginning. You know, like it was a dream for me to move out here. And then I realized, wait a minute, not only is it like so much work. It's also like there's so many levels to this dream and to what I could achieve out here and what I could achieve in my life. And so it's like, wow, you have to, you know, this was just the very beginning of it. And then you're going to have to put in even more work than you could ever imagine once you get your dreams. Super facts. Man, you know, but yeah, thank you once again to everybody listening out there. We got a lot to talk about tonight. You know, shouts to Steve Ditko and his whole family, everyone. Thank you for everything you did because, like, you know, we wouldn't be here right now. We stand on the shoulders of giants is basically how it goes down. Right. And speaking of giants, you know, (laughs) Billy D. Williams, Mr. Colt 45 (laughs) himself. We'll be returning in Star Wars Episode Nine as Lando Calrissian. Gotta clap that one up. Gotta clap that one up. You gotta clap that one up. Like, I'm still kind (laughs) of salty that all these years that he put himself out there and said, I will come back if y'all want me to, and there was no movement made on that. Like... Uh, uh he was in Rebels, and he actually, I've never <sighs> seen the episodes, but people said that he had a very great story arc on Rebels. Yes. However, yep. the live action stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's true. what I'm talking about, okay? Yeah. And that's also what he was talking about. Yes, he'd be on Rebels, and yes, this, all that mythos is part of the greater universe at large, especially now, especially that everything's opened up. I get it. But I'm talking about the live action, okay? There's literally no reason. So... You do, and here, I, I mean, I, I I thought Han Solo, the solo film was cool, but y'all had a solo film before y'all had a Lando, you, before, you, before you bring the original Lando on any episode, any episode, mm. like that's just, that's just wild disrespectful to me, but you know, like I said, I, I'm just, I'm just backsliding a little bit to my, my saltiness. That said, let's move forward. I'm happy. I'm happy that he's going to be <laughs> episode nine. I'm happy. You know, have you, oh, you, you heard that track on Drake. That, that, yeah, that yeah, 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 yes, yes. I'm happy. Yo, shout outs to Joe Buttons, because I heard that Drake album in a whole new way after listening to his podcast. In the oh, where did he climb? Yo, no, I mean, no, no, he oh, broke okay. it down. I got scared, like, showed, what did he say? Oh, no, Joe's <laughs> a huge Drake fan, and he broke it down about how, you know, there is a lot of subliminals and a lot of outright talk to Kanye. Oh, and then Drake and then Drake dropped another yeah, and then Drake dropped another freestyle the other day that was just like, ooh. 
Yeah, but um, you know, speaking of heat, the uh, new e- the new emo Ren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of heat, man, you know, there's been a lot of talk, especially with now Lando returning to live action, about how, you know, people, some people out here are, I wouldn't want to say upset, but just kind of annoyed. Maybe they don't agree with the choices being made when people, I think it was uh, the Kazdan, it wasn't Lawrence Kazdan, but it was his son who oh, came God, out and said that L- Lando would be pansexual. Okay, and? I mean, that that's pretty <laughs> much like, all right, you know, we, we can we can talk for a second, fam, bros. You know, we, we can keep it real out here. Uh, big shout out to Janicia of uh, Tiba Queen and Jay. Sorry. There you go. Um, yeah. Tiba Queen and Jay. We were talking this a couple years back and she actually called me a reformed hotep. <laughs> and I, I don't like to use the word hotep, but it, that that phrase just rolls off the tongue so smooth. I love you. Reformed. Janicia, yeah. Love, love you. You know, reformed hotep. And she said that, you know, basically, which is, you know, when she said it to me, I was like, oh, that ain't true. I ain't never been like no hotel stuff. But then I was like, onk, onk, right, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you know, then I was like, I, I just sit and think, you know, about my past and my life. And I was like, well, and I've actually even talked to this about like with uh, Brian Fuller, you know, mm-hmm. um, I've spoken to him about it because I grew up in Houston, Texas, you know, Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. when it was like that. And I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. Um, my family is pretty, very open-minded, though. But then, you know, as I got older, I was also started getting into, you know, I read the Metu Netter. I read, uh, what's the joint that everybody loves? The ISIS Papers. You know, I read that joint. I read all kind of different stuff. I got into my Rasta era, you know, all that whoop, whoop, whoop. And so, for you know, I had, you know, different feelings about homosexuality and sexuality than I do now, you know. And as I got older... I just came to realize one, I do a lot of wild shit, you know, like, you know, <laughs> okay, you know, when, you know, when them lights is off, you know, <laughs> I've lived an interesting life folks. And so I'm not going to judge anybody else on what the hell they doing. Wow. Cause it ain't got nothing to do with me, you know? And I was, and I told this to Brian one day, I was like, yo man, I, I just would, I, I think it's to be a hilarious day. It's like, I always think of like Star Trek, you know, I think on Star Trek, they should be like, Yo, man, can you imagine what back in the day they was like, yo, this dude fucked somebody else, so we should call him that. Wow. You know, or like, you know, he's a homosexual because he slept with a man, and I'm straight because I sleep with women. Well, I mean, that's already how it is in Star Trek. They are beyond that. Point. Yeah, that's the point. You know, that's the point. Like, you think Kirk ain't never sucked something off? Like, come on. <laughs> You didn't have to say I'm, it like that, then. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, how, hey, you know that that could be however he wanted to get down. But I'm just saying, you know, it's like Kirk, you know, all these people. It's like you can think of force powers and lightsabers and all this other insane stuff, but you still want to judge people. On, let's not even say insane, ridiculous and amazing things, and you still want to judge people on who they're sleeping with or saying that that changes their character. It's weak. It's weak. like that. Yeah, that, that makes Lando different now. Here's the it, thing about Lando that I communicated to you. I man had a velvet cape. <laughs> That's not the reason. No, no, I'm just I, saying. When you got a velvet cape, you are not turning down anyone. When you, you're, you're, you are slinging D to whoever's taking it. I feel like it. when you have a velvet cape, you're not bound by the laws of anybody. <laughs> no, no. Because who has a velvet cape? Velvet Nobody. Cape. Just you. So you're doing the whatever boss. the hell you want to do. Yes. My whole thing about this supposed backlash or issue about Lando being pansexual is it's kind of clear. It's not ambiguous. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm 
just like he can literally get whoever he wants. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying when I say he's not bound by any laws. Like he knows it. And he and some to me he makes a sport out of it. And his his very attitude towards people, towards different species, towards all of that is very just just a Morris. Like so so for me, for someone to sit there and be like, oh, I don't see that. You change his character. What character were you looking at? What character were you reading? Because everything I've seen and read pretty much points to that, at least in my view. Yeah, it's it's funny. And I, I know a lot of this, like I was saying this on Twitter, like I'm like Mr. Destroy Your Childhood right now. And I really don't care because it's like, uh, you know, people need to, yeah, people need to get past certain things. Like I, as I was growing up, like, Oh, one of my favorite characters is this character, Star Fox from the Avengers. And he might actually appear in the films to people trying to talk about how to deal with him. Because Star Fox is actually the brother of Thanos. Oh. And Star Fox, Star Fox is like the opposite of Thanos. He is a straight playeristic. His power is like to make you feel good. And oh so Oh my God, he's Bill yeah. Compton. Oh yeah, no. yeah. And, but in, in a certain <laughs> way, you know, people put him into Bill Cops, uh, you know, because it's like one of them things where it could be written in the wrong way. It could be a very, you know, like, oh, okay, that's kind of like some creep shit. You know, like. Oh, he's one of people, those? Yeah, like you make people love you. But it's not supposed to be like that. You know, he was traditionally written as he just wants people to feel good. You know, like everybody, hey, you know, it's a party. He's, Life he's, is good. He's, he's LSD incarnate. Yeah, but the thing is, like, he's always portrayed as having slept with women, you know, or a lot of women love him and all that. But at the same time, someone like Star Fox would definitely be someone who. Oh, everybody, let's go, you know, however, whatever. My thing and is, I, if that's in your being, that's just how you naturally move in the world. Like, so I don't understand any question about it. Yeah, I, I mean, and I see people, I know some people want Lando to be, you know, the black man because he represents black man in space. And that drives into another thing. And it's like, I, I don't I don't know what, man. First of all, Star Wars, if Star Wars is, I don't understand how much everybody loves and all that, but to me, if Star Wars is your marker for blackness in space, you're done fucked up. Ooh. Just saying. Like, let's be, let's be really real about this, okay? Yes, there's characters in different mediums when we're talking about things like Rebels, when we talk about the TV, when we talk about gaming, when we're talking about the movies. But the top three characters that male that are black is three of them that I, that I can name off the top of my head. Three? Lando, or is it even three at this point? I'm probably thinking of young Lando and old Lando, to be honest <laughs> with you. I'm like, no, Lando no, Finn. No, Lando. Um, uh, Mace, Mace Windu. Mace, Mace Windu, Windu, yeah. Yes. Lando, Mace Windu, and Finn. Yep. Who else? So, and again, this is not shade to Star Wars or Star Wars fan, or fandom or nothing like that. Because I, uh, I, I love Star Wars. It is for me. Well, you just, well, I don't yeah, call I'm it shade. It I'm calling keeping it real. Because let's yeah. be real about it. If you're looking to Star Wars to see blackness in action, that ain't it. Mm-mm. It ain't it. So, for to me, that's kind of, count, that's, that's, not in, that's counterintuitive to be like, oh, well, he should represent black men in space. And it has to be this... Uh, Again, I'm not going to get into the whole Hollywood agenda and what people think Hollywood is doing and all that. Like, I, I'm not getting into that. I, I mean, it's it's just interesting to me because, like, as a kid, you know, I love Lando. Like, he was definitely like, oh, you know, Billy D was the man to me. You know, it was everything. You know, I wanted that velvet cape. I wanted the conk. I wanted it all. Everybody but, did. <laughs> yeah, but as you get older, when you look at Empire Strikes Back, you look at this character, and, you know, he comes in. The moment he comes in, he hits on his boy's girl. You know, just straight dirty macking from the gate. You, you trying know, to say he's a caricature? 
let's uh. this is fanboy show. <laughs> we are real on this show. And I'm saying it's oh and here's the thing I gotta say to everybody that's everybody's listening, everybody who's watching, whatever. <laughs> Just because we say what's real, what the deal is about a character, fandom, story, whatever the deal may be, whatever the case may be, doesn't mean we're hating. No. Criticism no. Or, or just speaking about something that is a little funny style does not mean, oh, we hate it and it's trash. Ain't nobody saying that. No, we're just saying, you know, what the facts are. And the facts are that Lando, while a great character, immediately shows up, betrays his friends, hits on his boy's girl, <laughs> betrays him twice in, like, one movie, I think, and then only really comes around to save his own ass. You know, and then later on, he's redeemed through other films, et cetera, through all these books, blah, blah, through the years of nostalgia you have for him. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either, you know. But... This is definitely a larger topic, and we got some other things on this episode that Damn, we're going to get into intro. <laughs> that might bring us back to this. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more fan bros. Bite back? Yeah, yeah. Dumb jock. What is it? Jock dumb? <laughs> Hey, this is Yutide Badaki. I play Belquis on American Gods, and when I am not swallowing up people whole, I am listening to fan bros. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu, and when I'm not bitching about X mocking the movie, I'm listening to fan bros. This is Cree Summer, and when I'm not voicing your favorite childhood cartoons or smoking a lot of weed, I'm listening to the fan bro show. Actually, sometimes I do that at the same time. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero. Great, and um, I'm I'm currently on a date with Deadpool, but I just left him downstairs to come up here and just uh, say, you know, guys, just just listen to the show. It's fan bros. Why would you not? Hold on. I'm coming, honey. Okay. All right. That's Deadpool. Okay. Bye, guys. Hi, guys. It's Alfred Woodard, and when you are not just like picking, uh, why don't you listen to fan bros? The best people are. Uh, But you know what picking is? It's picking your nose. Find us on Spotify just to make sure, and it's still there looking beautiful. So follow us there. Subscribe everywhere you see Fan Bro Show. Hit that subscribe button, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. Thank you very much. Yeah. And now, oh, wait, wait, you got something? If you ever say you can't find us on Spotify, that's a lie and a half. Okay. Because I made sure we're on Spotify, okay? That you did, and not everybody is. We worked on that, okay? So don't, if if you, but if you do somehow see something wrong, hit me up so I can go holler at the right people. Word up. And now it's time for one of my favorite segments on the show, the Geekwently Asked Questions. The Guac is Extra. The Guac is Extra. Answer each and every listener question. You can hit us up, contact at fanbros.com, or you can hit us on Twitter at fanbros show. And what do we have up first tonight? 
Up first is from listener Chiz Nuke. They write, and Luke Cage, every time someone made it to the executive suite of Harlem's Paradise, and this is a spoiler alert, so in case you guys haven't watched it, planning on watching it, it's very tiny spoiler, but I'm just giving you a warning now. Yep. Every time someone made it to the executive suite of Harlem Paradise, they would hang up a picture to signify their arrival. For Cottonmouth and Mariah, it was Biggie. For Bushmaster, it was Marcus Garvey. For Luke Cage, it was Muhammad Ali. What portrait would you hang in your suite and why? Mm, actually, uh, Mariah first went with Mariah a, first went with the Basquiat. Yeah, with the Basquiat. But then when the gangster came out, yes. it was Biggie. Yes. That's a, that's a pretty good question. Uh, R.I.P. and rest in peace and happy born day to my brother Combat Jack. His mm-hmm. birthday just passed. And um, he, always, he put me on to something because I used to do this and now I pretty much stopped doing it because of him. And I can't even remember exactly what his reasoning was, but he would never wear a shirt with another man's face on it. And so because of that, it's <laughs> kind of hard for me to have, like, a man's face on my wall. Why was that? Why he did it, I can't remember. He explained it to me, but I can't remember exactly why. But, <laughs> you know, because of that, I rarely wear shirts with men's faces on them now. It's weird, you know? But this is uh, art. So this is something like, you, or, or even if it's not like an established piece, like is there a picture or photo of an artist or leader or anybody that, even family member, that you would want framed in your executive suite in Harlem's Paradise? Oh, no. Nah. I'm going to have to pass on this one for a second and let, and let you go with this one. Um, I was thinking Kehinde Wiley. Yeah. His portrait of where he shows the black woman holding the severed head. There's several pictures mm. like that. Yeah. But it was just, and, and, and it means a lot of different things and means different things to different people. But that particular one, it was just so powerful for, and I, it's like, I don't want to like get anybody upset, but it's so powerful to me because it's, I mean, it, it's just showing the power of black womanhood. It's showing the power of femininity. It's showing that there is power in black femininity and, and, and amongst other things. So, and then plus, I just love Kende's paintings. Like, I just love how he juxtaposes mm-hmm. black people in, and, and like I, I, how you would call regular, degular black people, like they wearing um, uh, undershirts, you know, pants sagging, whatever, but then they're riding this regal white horse in the in the image of like how you would see a Napoleon um, um, fresco or something like that. So I just like that juxtaposition and I like his style. So it I, I'm, I said that particular uh, painting, but really almost any one of his paintings I'd probably put up there. That's that's one thing. Um, as far as like if it's like an individual, I would probably put Maya Angelou. Hmm. I would absolutely, I would, it, would, it would be, and like I said, I might actually, I might be the one that switches it out every so often. Like, I would put mm-hmm. Maya Angelou up there. I put Octavia Butler up there. Um, they represent gangster for me in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe yeah. not, not, not criminal gangster or violent gangster, but creative gangster. Mm. Octavia Butler would be someone I would definitely like to have a bid portrait of somewhere or painting of, or painting of like one of, it, it maybe even like one of her covers, the original paintings from those. Um, Muhammad Ali would be someone I would have up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's difficult. Like yeah, that's difficult. I'm not really like because art is difficult for me in general. Just to, even in my own house, you know, I have certain art and I like to change it all the time. So there's never something where I would just be like okay, because I get sick of looking at something. Yeah, but that yeah. also makes me know that like. 
you know, it, it, it's so important to regularly view new art and even view art, you know, that's been around forever and just educate yourself on just how the artwork has changed over time and all these new artists. Uh, because it's just like there's, there may be a piece out there that would hit you differently that you don't mm -hmm. know of yet. So I think that's that's why I think just learning about art and studying it is so important just across the board. And see, me, I'm also such a fan of comic books that I would probably have someone... You could put you know, a comic book art, like if you had a piece. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I would do like an original, you know, like I'd love to have... My, one of my goals is to get some of the original pages from Wicked and Divine, and I would get something like that and oh, have wow. that on the wall. Yeah, because those are, you know... That's something that I love. Um, there's a lot. I, I could go on and on. There's so many Jim Lee. I mean, blah, oh yeah, we'll be here all night. <laughs> yeah, because there's so many great. I I think comic book art is underappreciated as fine art. You know, I think that's mm. a big issue with it. So there's yeah, I would it'd be a million different comic book artists. Come on now. Oh, I feel you. I get it. Yep. Yeah. Next question. Next question um, comes from Kirk Kitty. They write, what TV show or comic book villain do you most identify yourself with? <laughs> all of them. Um, <laughs> you can't say all of them. I, I'm like, nah, as I go to the movies and root for the villain. Uh, uh, yeah, recently it wasn't Killmonger, I'll tell you that. Aha, uh -huh, fooled you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, he, he, he had some good ideas until he, you know, was a psycho. But that's also the writing, et cetera. Um, uh All right, from the comics, it's always been Doctor Doom. It was always Doctor Doom because Doctor Doom was like this arrogant asshole, and I can relate to that. And <laughs> um, I like it. Yeah, and also because he he was righteous, you know, and he cared about his people. He had a like pretty strict code that he lived by. So I like Doctor Doom, you know. And then recently it was Thanos, and I know people, are, you know, I'm gonna hear it for all days, but Thanos. Thanos and another one is Agent Smith. From I, the Matrix? Oh my God. When Agent Smith gives his speech about how humanity is on cancer on this planet, I was about to stand up and cheer. You join in the, the Church of Smith. I see you. I just, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of the things he says. You know, that humanity is the one animal that when you place it upon the earth, it changes the earth for the negative. You know, everything else lives within the ecosystem. We do what we do. So I, I, I fully, you know, I, I was already on that road when, you know, he just crystallized my thoughts on screen. Wow. The Wachowski yeah. siblings got that. Yeah. <laughs> they speak I mean, your language. I mean, they did. You know, a lot of the Matrix really spoke to me. But, yeah, that that would, that part definitely did that, you know, we need change because what we're doing to the earth is not good. So I identified with Agent Smith right there when he was like, oh, the stink of it. That's what's up. Um, yeah. I really do identify with Lex Luthor. I mean, we notice. We notice. <laughs> I once again, I feel like Lex Luthor is misunderstood. He's not straight up villain. He nope. lots of times he has amazing, incredible, dope ideas. If you don't know what these ideas are, read Red Sun just to get a mm -hmm. taste of it. Oh, but brilliant. It, it's just that he his methods may be questionable. And I think that happens to me a lot. <laughs> Sometimes, like I said, I, I, I've gotten better, but lots of times, you know, particularly with, with people who I know and I'm around the most, sometimes I come off real harsh or I come off kind of scary. And it's like, I don't mean that. It's just, it's just my way. So it's, yeah. but, but, but it's, but it's just, I also know that it's misunderstood. So um, that's not to say that he don't do some effed up stuff. 
I mean, yeah, he do. But you know, I, I I know I don't. I'm not trying to be the villain per se. But that's the one I most identify with. And then, um, oh, so this is just villain. Oh, okay, I was about to say somebody good, but just villain. Okay, yeah. him. Yeah, no, just villain. Yeah, and that's the same thing with Thanos to me. He's just a bit misunderstood. Look, he saw Wait. a problem. He he's, he had a solution. You know, whether what? or not his solution was extreme, were we, that's debatable. Were we, okay. I feel like we had this argument already. You I see just, the gauntlet. I, but I don't understand. Cut, shut it. Half of everybody. I everything, mean, it's, everywhere. Okay. E- even the tardigrades, I'm, everything, everywhere. Everything. Tardigrades, I mean, those, those things are basically immortal. You know, you can knock out well, half of them. Well, maybe he didn't get right. there because, you know, the, the quantum zone. Well, that's the four quantum zone. Okay, I'm not going to go there. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, my thing is, like. Sure, you know, it was an extreme plan, and everyone's like, okay, why didn't he just create more of everyone, of everything and make, you know, or change everyone's mindset to where they don't consume everything? And it's like, yeah, but that wasn't his plan. You know, before he got the gauntlet. <laughs> but that don't make what he did right. My thing is, you have the choice of you can go with A, which is positive levity, all that, or you can at, go with at B. At that point. At that point, he had Thor's at sticking in his chest. He didn't really have time to really think about this. You know, time? His plan was, he had plenty of time when he was gathering the stones. Yeah, but see, the thing is, he was death, He was already on this plan before he ever had the stones. He was killing half the universe before he ever had the stones. True fact. So then once he got the stones, it wasn't like he was like, oh, let me rethink my plan. It was like, oh, wait, this axe is in my chest. Let me do what I should have, you know, what I've been thinking about all my life. <laughs> wow. You know, and then he did it. And then, you, like, that's something, I mean, we'll see when the next movie comes out. But there's a lot of this that I really can't wait to see how they explore. Because people are talking about how Thanos looks so shocked after he snaps his fingers. And is in he the, shot in the be- movie? Yeah. Yeah. Is he shot because he's still there? You know, is he shot because it worked? You know, there's a lot to, you know, explore right there. And he's, hopefully he's they get into that. He's shocked that he got, he attained his goal? Yeah, but also is that he's still there because he expected since it was half, you know, he didn't know if he would just instantly vanish. I even think about that, but I would think yeah. the wielder of the gauntlet could not be part of that half, period. But why not? Because he said it's arbitrary, everyone. You know, it doesn't matter, everyone. Rich, poor, Oh, that's yeah. Well, yeah, because see, if you look at the, because when I read the book and stupid-ass Nebula said what she said, <laughs> not realizing it included herself, and she definitely wielded the gauntlet when she said that shit. Yep. Oh. See, that's the thing. Yeah. We so if he just, like, yeah. So if he's just like, yo, half the universe is drawn and doesn't say half, but not me, <laughs> you know, that's and that was like Aladdin shit. Like, yeah. you know, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that wasn't him. He was fair. He was like, no, half. You're right. So maybe like you said, okay. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So that's that. why he looks shocked because he looks dumb shocked when, after he snaps He does look dumb shocked though. Yeah. So, wow. I can't wait for Avengers 4, yo. I just really hope they stick the landing because I think Infinity War is so incredible. And the more I think about it, I just love it. They, what they did there is so magical, man. How magical. they, how they, and, and for y'all to feel how they feel, how they fix Nebula, my God. Oof. Anyway. Oof. Anyway. Dummy. <laughs> um, all right. All right, next up is from Philip Winslow. They write, my friends and I are really excited for the Hate You Give movie as we love Uh-oh. the book. However, after digesting Angie Thomas's novel and seeing Amanda Steinberg class, cast as Star, with two R's, we can't help but think that Star should have been a more brown-skinned girl. Given Alexander, Alexandra Ship's recent comments and other light, bright, daft commentary on the issue, how should we address colorism in this wave of inclusion? 
How do we get whites and people of color to understand that they need to go further than just the beige brigade? Zendaya gets it. Why can't these girls? Man, this one, I mean, there is like, we could probably do episode upon episodes upon this topic. We, we actually might need a separate episode for this topic. Yeah, I think we've actually done episodes on this topic already. Yeah. But since we're here again, and uh, so Alexandra Sh- Ship, right? That's that's the woman who's playing St- uh, Storm. Yes. Okay. So these are actually two different instances right now where we have a lighter skinned woman playing someone that people think should be a darker skinned character. Am I am I getting this all right right now? Right? Because I've seen the, yeah. I, the hate you give. I'm, I haven't the seen hate that you one. Give it, novel. Uh, yeah. Um, the is hate that the one about the boy getting shot and everything? Her best friend, her her childhood yeah, friend. Yeah. Okay. Shot I, I, did, I did. I did. I did see the trailer. She's basically kind of living two worlds. Yeah. Okay. I did see that trailer. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So and she's darker skinned in the book. Well. Uh, I, I haven't read the full book, so I don't know if it's pronounced in the book or is that everyone who reads it r- reads it as such. Like, for instance, when you read The Hunger Games, you, you know Rue's Ru, a brown-skinned girl. Because, I mean, it's also said so, but I'm just saying. Yeah. A, yeah. Lot, a lot of people, and again, this is someone who hasn't read the book, so I can't know for sure. If you've read the book, let us know. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, people have interpreted her as being a darker-skinned black girl. So then okay. when people saw a manly cast, like even when it was just cast, a lot of people had questioned it. And then seeing it on screen, that, that kind of reignited those questions mm. and comments. Damn, that hurts. Because I really like Amanda. I think she's a great actress. I think she's really a smart woman. She has a lot to say. And so that's what I mean. There, there's... We could go on and on. There's so many different levels to this. So I'll speak on the one that I know more about because I know more about Storm. I've been a big fan of the character Oro Monroe since I was a little child. And she's um, a woman from Kenya, you know, in the books. And so Kenyan women, you know, have a range of color from light to dark, you know, just as most African nations do and, and most African-Americans, et cetera, you know, brown people of color, everything. And Storm has always been like brown. Now, I really didn't care for Storm in the latest two movies, but I've never cared for Storm in any of these movies. Right. And, like, you know, Bitch House to Tide a Robot, he was talking about it, like, you know, when Halle Berry was cast as Storm, she was one of the biggest actresses in the world, and they gave her absolutely nothing to do in, you know, in the X-Men movies. So, you know, when now uh, Shorty is talking about, you know, she feels like she should have been given more to do. We do, too, but at the same time, you know, there was pretty much no chance of you getting more to do because... They didn't give anything to do with Halle Berry, right? They're going to give you a shot. Right. And you, at, at least at the time, you super new. And then we go back to this, like, it should be her casting. You know, b- maybe the ire should be directed at the casting director and not at her. But she stepped up. You know, she doesn't have an agent or someone to say, yo, you might just need to chill on this and be quiet. Because, and then we get to the other level that I want to talk about on it is that Alexandra is kind of. I mean, to me, she's like maybe a little bit lighter skin than me. I don't know. I've never seen her in person. I'm not sure. I've had issues, you know, before I had my dreads, especially with people saying Ben's not black, et cetera, et cetera. There's, well, they said, what would they say about you? Oh my God. Like I grew up in Houston. You know, I had curly ass hair. I was a geek to all geeks. I was, you know, I did not play football. I was just, you know, not what most people expected. I didn't sound like I was from Houston. Um, and so I just tried, called everything under the sun from Oreo to whatever you wanted to just straight up. You're not black. 
to whatever you want to say. And for the most part, it didn't affect me because I grew up with two very black parents. You know, I've got people, you know, in my family who were preachers and pastors and who walked with King, et cetera. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. F what you say. And I know who I am, you know, and I've also been called nigger to my face. So, you know, by a white person. So I know, you know, what they view me as. So it's, it's just interesting. And it's like, I know, man, it's so tough. Cause it's like, we want to see darker skinned people of color get more love because they don't. Even with something like Black Panther blowing up and making all the money, you haven't seen just like a rush of castings of darker skinned people. I mean, even though like a lot of people in Black Panther are blowing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, but you know, this is a yeah. complicated issue because like, well, I don't fault her for taking that role because they, first of all, she, they modeled her ha, her storm after Halle, Be- Halle Berry's storm. And yep. Halle Berry, for us, a lot of people, is technically a light bright. So, or beige yep. or great or whatever. So, you know, like you said, all these people are, are, are uh, of mixed race. So, them just following the motif. Mm-hmm. I also have a problem with her pretty much kind of um, repeating a lot of the mantra that's said by uh, non-black people of color or white people or whatever about, um, you know, it, you know, well, it sh- I, I could, it, I shouldn't have to match the Crayola of 1970. Like I just, Oh yeah. That's what she, she said something to that effect. And, uh, but see, should she, that's, that's an interesting question. No, um, I, I just think to they me, only had one Crayola then, you know, that's the thing to me. I think that's that that's that's where the daft part comes in because you because she knows it's beyond that point. We're not sitting here. This is not the fandom saying you got to be this particular shade of olive or this mm-hmm. particular shade of mahogany mm-hmm. to be this cat. That's not what we're saying. And for her nope. to say that to me, it's a, a repetition of what you hear from non-black people, which is which is a little bit troubling to me. So mm. I, I have I do have a problem with how she's phrasing that. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, be quiet. You need to sit down or that because I'm not going to sit here and, and, and try to silence another black woman. But what I will say is you want, may need to sit down and really, truly understand what you're saying before you say it, because mm. you're not sounding intelligent about the issue. You're, you're repeating uh, 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 lukewarm takes that come off real cold when it comes out your mouth. And that's where the issue lies. Then yes, you could have you have people who like you can blame the casting directors and all that other stuff, but you gotta understand this is Fox and the same people who've been dealing with this foolishness of the trash, how, of the way they've been treating X Men generally speaking for the last ten years or so. Mm-hmm. What do you expect? Not much, and not much, know. and so my whole point is I'm all about obviously getting. Uh, darkest-skinned black girls, they're shot. Like, they absolutely need to be there. But at the same time, it's like you got to – I don't feel like these uh, 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 these companies and all that are going to do this. They're not going to be the vanguard for this at all. So for people – and, and I think it's right for people to be like, y'all need to switch up, y'all need to change this. But when you have Fox and whoever doing the same old, same old year after year, what do you expect? I mean, it's like these X-Men movies are terrible. They just delayed this one because they knew it was terrible and they're hoping they get sold, you know, so they don't have to put this out and Marvel could just do whatever they want with Fox. So so my issue is not so much that, oh, they cast another light-skinned woman to play Storm. They been effed up Storm. 
when they wouldn't give when they wouldn't give um um mother her money, they been effed up storm. Angela Bassett. Yeah. So don't 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 to me it's like I said, I I I my issue lies in how how she's communicating this because my thing is she feels some type of way but also she's also playing this victim role that i don't like so much so no it, 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 it's, it's a complicated matter again i'm not gonna say yo she should be quiet don't be blah blah i just think she she really needs to take a step back and really hear what people are saying because we're not saying we mad at you not you know shade 7b of brown that's not what we're saying so don't be silly no that is pretty damn silly, and especially when you explain it like that, I fully agree with you. Like, I already think she needs to be quiet. I think people need to be more. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. I'm not even saying that you just need to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You know, at this point right now, yeah, just chill out for a minute. You know, just I mean, the movie probably won't make it. You know, it's a lot of factors going on right now. I just feel and, like yeah, chill and just just maybe maybe just understand a little bit more. Um, no, I mean after after the Crayola stuff, like when you just explain that, it's time to be quiet. Like, come on, uh, now. it's just time to be like you know, talk to my agent. You know, that should be your response at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, you know, and that's actually when I said I, I will never sign as another black woman, that's disingenuous of me because I don't want to hear a goddamn thing Amarosa has to say. So, you know. Oh, oh I don't happens. want to silence a black woman. No, I want to say don't, silence. Don't. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you're not, you know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm a not wise trying move. to remove power from black women, but at the same time, it's just like some black women that do just need to be quiet. I'm a roast yes. one of them people. So for someone who decides to come at me like, well, you said on Twitter, here it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I don't think, you know, this young woman should be quiet in that sense. I just no. think, you know, the wise move would be talk to my agent, you know? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's, you know, that's what I you mean, have them for. <laughs> you know, like, come on, folks, don't answer every question. Oh we don't. God. Um, all right. Any other questions tonight? Um, wow. This is a really long one. Uh, let's actually hit this one up from Dreamweaver88, mm. uh, a.k.a. Winston. They write, how do you deal with stress? Ooh, that is a good one. And, you know, real quick shout outs to Dreamweaver88. You know, the brother sent in this video thanking us for what we do here at Fan Bro Show. You know, we can't go into too much of it. It was very personal. Yes. But I will just say that it had me in tears. It had me laughing. It just had me, I mean, it had me rethinking and reexamining why we do everything here and just. Yeah, um, you had me in all my feelings. So we'll talk yeah. about that separately just yeah. for you. But we just want to make sure we said that publicly. Like, we all saw it and felt all types of ways and can't we really can't express anything but our gratitude yeah i will say this yeah. though because it, like i said it really did make me rethink about why we do everything here and there's a lot of times yeah. where i get stupid stressed out over fan bro show we've been doing it for a little over five years now mm -hmm. and you know why we've achieved a lot of things we haven't gotten to where we want to get to yet right and because of that it stresses me the hell out even though through Fan Bro Show, it has led me to my wildest dreams being imagined, and I can see even greater things in my future because of it. But at the same time, if it wasn't for videos and for messages and for emails and for tweets and for everything from people like y'all, you know, I would be like, F this mess. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I got, I got a lot of other stuff I need to be working on. But when I see things like that, it's like, wow, like people really take this stuff seriously and really love what we do here and are really inspired by us as much as we're inspired by them. So, yeah. man. Yeah, it, it 
like you said, it, it really means something when there we get. The, it's about for me, like like you know how people, some people chase fame and all that stuff. Like that recognition, like shocks the hell out of me every time. Like mm. it, it, that happened at Essence Fest where I just like I said, I didn't expect nobody nowhere to know who I was. They were like, "Who is this girl and why is she here?" Like, mm-hmm. and I introduced myself and I heard, like, "Oh yeah," and I said, "Y'all know me." So yeah. like that, that is just like, oh, y'all recognize that I'm putting in work. Y'all recognize that we putting in work and that this matters. So again, we'll have a, we're going to have a separate chat with you, but we want to ask you a question. How do you deal with stress? Lord have mercy. And that is such an amazing question. And it's something like I was talking about earlier. It's something I've been dealing with a lot more lately. Like I really stepped into a whole new world over the last year. I joined a writer's room on American Gods. And then since then, I've been working on other projects, working on my own stuff, this and that living in Hollywood, living away from all my friends and family. Like, I've always been away from my friends and family. I mean, my family for the most part, because they're all down south, et cetera. But being away from everyone and the life I built up on the East Coast and being out here, even though you're in this beautiful weather and it's L.A. and, you know, you're living the dream and you're working on shows Don't and you're taking meetings. <laughs> Yo, but then at the same time, yeah, like writing itself is something I'm not used to. You know, I'm used to being a DJ every day and I wrote, you know, I just right. wrote, you know, I, I write for fun. I write all the time because I would always be a writer, but I never was like, OK, you got to write every day and you got to turn something in. And so it's become a major different level of stress. And um, the first thing I'll say is this. Get out and exercise. Like, I think that is like one of the, you know, best ways to deal with stress. I mean, everyone knows, you know, if you know me, I'm living in L.A., you know, I enjoy the medicinal herbs to the fullest, but there's no way that they can compete with a good workout. You know, they're great after a good workout, before a good workout, but it's just getting that exercise, getting your body moving helps so much to get your mind clear, you get breathing. I don't think people concentrate enough on their breath, you know, and breathing every day, just taking deep breaths because we don't breathe, like we're never taught. There's a lot of things about our body that we're just not taught. Mm-hmm. You know, like how to breathe, you know, like how we should be breathing. So we breathe a real shallow breath every day, like, you know, instead of really having deep breaths to really fill up your spirit, fill yeah. your lungs, you know, get you to exhale yeah. everything. That's scientifically proven, too. Yeah. It calms you. Like people be like, yo, take 10 deep breaths before you do something. And you think it's a joke. But if you've ever just stopped and taken those 10 deep breaths, you're going to be a lot calmer after that. You know, it's just certain things like that that people just blow off, you know, drink water. Like I say, get out, exercise. We've talked about this before on the show. When you're living in New York, when you're living in these areas where you don't get a lot of sunlight, that can really stress you out. That's why mm. I always tell people, get outside. I remember my boy told me that when I first moved to New York because we were in D.C. And he's like, yo, you're going to get up there and them skyscrapers are everywhere, bro. You got to get out and see that sun because after three o'clock, you won't see it. And he's mm-hmm. right, you know, he's so right. And I, and for especially in the wintertime, it gets really bad when you're inside and then it gets dark at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And so you don't even see the sun. So it's like that's little things like that, you know, are like the things about self-care that I think people ignore a lot of. And it's like these little basic things that really help so much. I agree, man. Um, And I would say like, because I hate going to the gym, but I would say one of the things I I do realize help me is getting outside so Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i don't own one now but i really want one one of the things that really helped me was riding bikes like you know bicycle i i loved i've always loved it since i was a kid and like riding a bike is like the most therapeutic thing for me like riding it along you know water particularly for me riding it you know past scenery things like that grass what i mean you know trees and stuff whatever that works for me um, I would also say 
when me dealing with stress, I clean like that's just my go to. Mm. Like mm-hmm. clean, like I start, I start looking at stuff like I need to throw that the hell away. You know what I mean? Yep. Like because because especially if you live in a cluttered place, um, you know, I'm not saying like you, you got to I mean, <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of stuff. <laughs> but if you live in a cluttered place, like objects hold energy, and mm. when they're placed in misconfigured, misaligned areas, especially when they're piled up, it blocks and displaces energy and actually throws a lot of negative energy into you your body i know it sounds very you know mystical magical whatever shrooms i get it but it's true that i Mm -hmm. mean there is such thing as feng shui and i'm saying like when you it's a vast difference when you're in a room that's dark that's has lots of stuff in it especially stuff that's like building up around you but when you open that window shade you know put some put some windex on there start moving stuff out, getting rid. I'm a vast, I'm a big advocate of purging, like, and not the purge, but purging. Picking up stuff that you, clothes that you haven't worn in a year, get rid of them. Give them away to friends, family, or, or to Goodwill or, or wherever. Or if, you, if you're short on cash, sell it. Mm-hmm. Toys, uh, pops, whatever. Like, just stuff that you just are, are that is not, either not using or, or, or not, um, being applied towards positivity in your life, just get it out the way. You would mm-hmm. be surprised how how wonders it does for you to just release that stuff from your life, from your person, from your from your domicile. Like it really makes a difference. So that's how I deal with stress. Man, okay, there's so many we could do right now, but uh, let's see. Another one, especially with me, when it gets back to this writing thing, is. I've learned that when I'm writing and I'm stressed out, I like to turn on YouTube and listen to like tones and meditation music in the background. Oh, yeah. But then also I do a lot of reading. Like that's something that has really helped me with my writing is reading scripts and stuff. And it so takes the stress off you because you'll read something, especially when you're writing something or like, I think this works with anything, you know, breaks down. Like when I was DJing, I'd watch other DJs because you'd be like, oh, okay, I see how they did this, you know? And it's like, it can't be that difficult. So that takes that stress off you. But uh, a book that I recently read, and this is just something from it, is this book, The Way of the Superior Man. And it's a really ill book because it has that title, The Way of the Superior Man. So you think it's all about some alpha male BS, whatever. <laughs> but it's really just about getting in touch with yourself and your life. But one thing that it really made a point about is like, it talks about how men and women both need a balance of feminine and masculine energy in their life. So if you're a man, you can't, you need your men friends to be masculine. You know, you want them to be, you know, be hard up with you, tell you straight up how it is, but you also need feminine energy in your life. And that doesn't mean just women that you're having romantic relationships with. This means women who you just see as friends, women who you can just hang around with and they can just give you that womanly energy that you're not going to get. And it goes the same way for women. Like women can't, you know, everyone needs a balance of these things in their life. Mm -hmm. And that's something that will, you know, we get stressed out because we don't have these balances. There's a lot of stuff in the modern world that really throws off people, like being on social media all the time. And we think of it where we always try to have our thoughts out there and we always try to have something to say, but you're taking in so much information. And this is like the first time in human history in any time when you would get this much information just shot at you constantly forced into your brain. So you have to choose. This is literally the first, like you said, the first time in the history of ever. Yeah, and ever, and it like just, and it increases every day. It gets ridiculous. I read this book um years ago. It was a really ill book that flipped my head. 
I'll post it on Twitter because I can't remember the name of it right now, but it talked about how information doubles in a system and how like the amount of information that any one human being can know on the planet doubles and doubles. And it starts with like the creation of fire and then it moves into like the bronze age and then the nets age, the steam age, et cetera, et cetera. But as you see, it gets closer and closer. And the book talked about when the book was written, it was like 1990s, maybe 1980s. Information mm -hmm. was doubling at every 16 months. So right now, the amount of information that any one human can know is probably doubling like every day. It might not be that fast, but it's getting really, there's it's, a lot of, there's research, et cetera. So, you know, you, yeah, and Twitter, I mean, just Twitter, the amount of information that blows up on that every day is, you're getting more and more. Tw it's Twitter is sheer unfiltered information. That's why, unfiltered. that's why it's so powerful and so dangerous. Yes. And so sometimes you've got to take a step back from things like that. Put your phone down, you know, take a day away from all electronics. Like, people don't realize that, you know, you're so accustomed to this stuff now, but we haven't even lived a generation with it. So we don't know what the long-term effects of this on, are on humanity. We're just accepting mm. it because it's been thrown in our face. Mm. So sometimes we got to step away from that because we got to remember, human, humanity's been on this planet for thousands, well, no, not even that many thousands of years, really, but the, over a thousand years. And this is the first time in the last 20 years, in the last five, in the last one, where it's ever been anything like this. Word, man. Turn off your phones. Mm-hmm. But listen to Fanbro Show first. <laughs> <laughs> Kill the white people. Right. But as buy usual, my record first. <laughs> as usual, make sure that if you have a guac question, a geekly asked question, you can ask us about anything, whether it's how to really relieve stress, what's your favorite comic book character, all sorts of things across the board. Hit us up. Contact that fanbros.com. Uh, if you want a little bit of anonymity, uh, if you want to just hit us up right away at Fanbro Show on social media, and what else? I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Once again, big shout out to Dreamweaver eighty eight. Like I said, that video just made my day, my week, my month, everything. Yes. Man, it was amazing. Like you know, like Tatiana says, I'm I still get shocked. I get recognized sometimes when I'm out walking around talking to people, whatever, and it's still amazing to me. And then. I tell the story all the time. Like, one night I was DJing, and this dude comes up to me like, yo, man, you're DJ Ben Amin. And he was like, yo, man, I listened to that Juno Diaz episode, and it just changed my life about everything, the way I move, all this stuff. And when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, word? Or even, like, you know, in the video today, dude was like, yo, when you tweet, you know, and you say something, and people think that you're on your rants or something, it just hits me and uplifts me. It, motherfuckers been paring us. I mean, I... No, you know. it's, it's just like... It, it just like how <laughs> <laughs> just like how you valid you you say that we help validate you like if you say you know like you feel like you people hear you people see you it's the same thing with us like yeah, when yeah. you say when you tell us something that we said did or otherwise helped it lift you up positive like or or help you grow like that validates us even further and and we build we can build with that and that's why it's so important like just overall that we're, we're, we're helping give each other these energies. So again, like, thank you so much. And, and we'll be talking soon. Yeah. And I don't think I want to say this, but I don't think people understand how, like what you just said, how validated we are by what we do on this show by y'all, because I can't even say I've been this way my whole life. You know, I've been a super geek all my life, you know, and I was ostracized for it. You know, I grew up keeping it to myself a lot of times, feeling very weird, feeling very different than a lot of other people. Same. And I mean, all the way into my adult life, even I can remember in the last 10 years, I was thinking about this earlier today. This was like maybe this is about probably about 10 years ago because it was like 
when I first moved to New York. And I was at this pool party in the summer, you know, nothing but, you know, my people there. And I had on this Green Lantern, <laughs> Green Arrow t-shirt, you know. And it was an ill-ass t-shirt to me. And I remember I talking to the shorty and she was just like, you know, like, really? Oh, she tried to play you because you was wearing a comic book shirt? Yeah. And now it's like everybody got on a freaking comic book shirt, you know. And it was like, I mean... yeah. And so now it's like whatever. But, you know, it's like you have to. That's what I mean. This show helped me. I can remember when we first started the show and the very first year we were at New York Comic Con and I wasn't walking up to people. I wasn't talking to them no. about it because I was like, you know, oh, man, you know, it's fan shows, whatever. I mean, I mean, you also sit there like, what are people going to think of me? Yeah. Like, when I walk know? up to them and say this, they like, oh, you you weak or you whack or whatever. It's just it's 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 a lot of growth that has happened because mm-hmm. of what we've done here on this show what we've achieved and all and and like again as ben said primarily the feedback we've received from everybody yeah that that's what did it because once people you know started hitting us and being like yo we really listen when we started getting emails from people where they were just saying all kind of amazing things you know how we changed their life how we did this people asking us to help them get married and name their babies and all this (laughs) stuff like then I'd be going up to the people at New York Comic Con and wherever I'm at, like, yo, you don't listen to Fan Bro Show? Yo, you need to listen to this. You know, like, this is amazing. And what we're doing here is God's work. You know, get yeah, on Yeah, it's like, like your, your love makes us feel invincible, yo. <laughs> word Like, up. And, and, it, it really has helped our confidence. And as Ben said, we go up in there. I mean, like, now it's like a done deal. It's like, y'all not listening to us? Are you not coming on the show? All right, see you later. You're messed yep. up. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like we, you missing out. And it's not bragger. It's not boasting. It's straight up you're messed up because we've been told time time again by everybody else that they fucks with us and mm-hmm. they like what we're talking about and how we do it and the people we bring on so my thing is like you want to be part of the party or nah yeah no and i don't ever want to be you know called a braggart or no. you know boasting because i just believe in confidence you know that's something that i i learned because i came up being like i said i came up being a weird shy dude and then I learned about DJing, and that really brought out another level to me where I just was like, oh, okay, you know. And after that, it was like, you know, even with my DJing, I always tell people, you know, like, any DJ that want it, you know, let's go. And it's not about me being, like, better than you or anything, but I just know I'm going to bring my best and you better as well because I'm going to m- kill it, you know. And so I, I, and I want you to kill it to make me step my game up. And that's the same way I feel about the show. I'm like, yo, I want to hear other podcasts do it like we do it because I want people to make me step my game up. I want to be inspired by people. You know, shout out to the Bodega Boys. Like, I love what they are doing. I've been watching all their videos, you know. Won't even mention that channel they were on, but I've been watching them on <laughs> there, you know, on the YouTubes and just learning and, you know, just studying and seeing, okay, this is how they do it. This is what I want to learn from them, you know, but I want to be the best. So it's all about that. It's just about being confident. And like you said, Tatiana, it's the love we get from other people. And the, when you hear these things, when that's it, it just blows my mind because I think about it as like you know this deep stuff we talk about and all that. But when you hear how people are like, "Yo, you have saved or changed my life with the stuff you said on here," that is like, mm-hmm. it's I, nothing like it. Yeah, that is you know that that that's a responsibility that I'm well aware of, and it just you know makes me strive to do more and you know be more of an inspiration and be inspired by y'all as well. So. Thank you. Fan Bros. F-A-N-P-R-O-S. For all the fans.